it is a truth universally I acknowledged. I have noticed my growing resemblance Ooh, that is to a gold. daffodil. Does not glitter. How I would die. Not all. Though I had reason enough in the last few if you want to rebel, rebel from exist, inside the system. But because they tell us that dragons. I'm your host, Vicky, from Miss Vicky's Bookcase. Let's begin our story together. When I first saw that this book was coming out, I got really excited because she'd been talking about this for quite a long time beforehand and then suddenly stopped, mostly because her manuscript got leaked onto the internet. So it's with great joy I get to review today Midnight Sun by Stephanie Mayer. So of course she's best known for her Twilight series, which is a four, now five book collection, which has sold over 100 million copies globally over 50 countries, with translations into 37 different languages. Her books have also spent altogether 303 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list, which I think is quite impressive really. And the last bit a bit about Stephanie Meyer we'd like to know is of course she graduated from Brigham Young University with a degree in English Literature and now lives in Arizona with her husband and sons. So that's the biography out of the way, so we've got a little bit of a taste of what she's like, only the briefest of glimpse. Now next is my favourite part of the book review and that is having a look at the cover. I really love this cover, um, it's a picture of a pomegranate on the front with a black background and it fits so absolutely well with the rest of the books. Um, usually when you have a series that comes out, more often than not, they'll republish the books over and over again before the last one seems to come out. So by the time the last one comes out, it doesn't actually fit with any of the series um, that have already come out previously, all the titles and things. So it's really good to see that it's kept with a theme of a totally black background and you have this one object that fits in with the story overall. Now I do admit it did take me quite a long while to realise one, that it was a pomegranate and two, that it actually represented the story of Hades and Persephone. Now I won't go too much more into that at the moment, uh, I might go into that a little bit later, but it, it all fits very very well and I really love the cover, it's, I'm surprised how much I actually do like the cover in fact. So now that we've done the cover, uh, we're on to the summary of the book because you can never have too much. And that is uh, when Edward Cullen and Bella Swan met in Twilight, an iconic love story was born. But until now, fans have only heard Bella's side of the story. At last, readers can experience Edward's version in the long-awaited companion novel, Midnight Sun. This unforgettable tale, as told through Edward's eyes, takes on a new and decidedly dark twist. Meeting Bella is both the most unnerving and intriguing event he has experienced in all his years as a vampire. As we learn more fascinating details about Edward's past and complexity of his inner thoughts, we understand why this is the defining struggle of his life. How can he justify following his heart if it means leading Bella into death? So of course the summary doesn't give anything away, but do we really need to know any more? Because it's all about the relationship between Bella and Edward, and of course we've all probably read the entire Twilight series already. Having said that, I had the distinct impression when I was getting ready to read this and all the run-up to it, I thought for some reason that this entire book was going to be focused on their relationship from, when, uh, from the right from the beginning, right until uh, Bella turns into a vampire. <sighs> I don't know where I got this impression from, but apparently I had the wrong impression. And I think I find this quite often uh, recently, uh, my dyslexia is coming to play a little bit, where I'm misreading things. <laughs> But that's my own fault. But in my defence, 
um, Midnight Sun is 662 pages long compared to Twilight's 429. And I couldn't imagine that uh, Stephanie Myers would actually have enough stuff for one book that size for Twilight. I just genuinely couldn't believe it. In fact, it wasn't until I was about a third, almost halfway through, that I realised it. No, it's just Twilight that it's talking about, and it's that's the biggest downside I think to reading this book. It's so unique in the fact that you're seeing the story from somebody else's perspective. Uh, which I think is fairly unique other than I think Fifty Shades of Grey had the um, other series well not it wasn't a series it was Christian's side of the story um, please note I haven't read it so I couldn't comment more than what I see on the bookshelf but it had Christian's side of the story so it's not totally unique but it is unique in the fact that you get to see this totally different perspective and so many more things make a way more sense and I find that actually very interesting I think I've said interesting enough there but genuinely I found it was the Cullen family that I was way more interested in than it, Bella's and Edward's love story which considering the fact that it's supposed to be a love story and that's the main focus I kind of was not interested in that I was more interested in like the background of all the different Cullen family all the different stories that we kind of missed and it all does gel together really really well so that's one of the best things about it it does gel well so having said that now I'm just going to have a go through different bits that I did like and didn't like as um as and when so having read Twilight before as I said it's quite interesting to see Edward's perspective however he does seem to have a problem? I think a problem is probably best. He has an obsession. I thought Bella was bad, but he is way worse than Bella in some respects. In fact, they're perfectly partners for each other because his obsession with her, first of all, of course, it's I don't want to kill her, even though she tastes so yummy, I just want to eat her all up. I mean, that's not weird. Um, but at the same time, his obsession with her and that he can't stop looking her he's a definite stalker i mean let's be honest why would you be climbing into someone's room and watching them sleep that didn't really clock how creepy that was before but now that i think about it that is kind of really really creepy but it all kind of fits really well in the story because of his obsession he also has this obsession about the fact that he doesn't feel like he is good enough for her because she is human and he is a monster and this is this, where the story of Hades and Persephone comes into play and which is why the the cover of the book is such a fantastic idea with the pomegranate because uh, if you didn't know the story I'll just run through quickly. There are several versions of this Greek myth but the easiest one to tell is where Hades, who is the god of the underworld, falls in love with the beautiful Persephone who is the daughter of Demeter, the goddess of the earth. She basically makes everything grow. Out of desperation, Hades kidnaps Persephone and keeps her in his underworld. In the meantime, Demeter searches the whole world for her beautiful daughter, but is unable to find her. She eventually finds out that Persephone has been kidnapped by Hades and is in the underworld, and Hades is persuaded to release Persephone. However, while in the underworld, you're not supposed to eat anything, and Persephone accidentally eats six pomegranate kernels. So that basically means that she has to go back to Hades every six months. 
this is fantastic uh, reflection of the different cycles in the world. So you've got uh, winter where Demeter is searching for her long lost daughter and of course everything dies because she's missing her. And then you have the spring and summer where everything is regrowing and renewing because Persephone is no longer in Hades. So it's a wonderful story and very oddly it does reflect Edward's perception of himself which I do find Edward really irritating. I was never on the team Edward or the team Jacob. I wasn't really bothered by that kind of nonsense. However, I found him really irritating. He just obsessive thoughts. It's the same thoughts over and over and over again. And it's repeated the pomegranate story so much in my brain. It really did clock it. So it worked very well. But I just found it really annoying. And it just made the book seem overly long from that perspective because his obsession about he's not good enough for her and that it is an unequal relationship and in his mind he's unequal to her because he's the monster which is totally opposite to how Bella sees the relationship which is the opposite way where she feels like she's the one that's in the unre uh, unequal relationship because she sees herself as less than him because he has all these powers, he's going to live forever, he is beautiful and sparkly and young and what's going to happen to her? She's going to get old and wrinkly and people are going to look at them weirdly when they get older and he also expects her to leave him because it's only going to be a human thing. And this actually does make Bella seem less irritating. I know a lot of people find Bella a very irritating woman. Um, in fact, Edward finds her, her like the mysterious woman and has the mysterious woman vibes and is amazing. And of course he's obsessed with her, but also planning on leaving her, which is also contributes to this unequal relationship. In some respects, it's a bit odd in how both of them see themselves as unequal to each other. Having said that, I really like the quote that Bella says about three quarters of the way into the book. She goes, but it, but it just seems logical. A man and a woman have to be somewhat equal. As in one of them can't always be swooping in and saving the other one. They have to save each other equally. It kind of irritates me because Edward goes, oh yeah, that's a good point, but actually you're missing the point. I'm a monster, therefore it doesn't apply. And as I said, it just irritates me and I feel like I'm just going down the Edward irritates me road, whereas we're supposed to be talking about the whole book. So we're going to move on from Edward's obsession and Bella and we're going to talk a little bit about the atmosphere. It's kind of the same as if you're reading Twilight and you can tell that there has been a progression with the writing style. It's very easy. I quite enjoy the fact that it's a very easy read. I really don't like too much floweriness. It detracts from the story and how I want to feel about it with all these flowery words. But thankfully, it doesn't do that here. And the atmosphere of the whole book is very much obsession. Okay, I'm mentioning obsession one more time, then I'm stopping. But it is very much of an atmosphere of, of obsession and weirdness in some ways. I think I'm taking it down a weird route now. But I do find it hard to take this whole thing seriously. <laughs> I read this for eye candy. Well, not eye candy, but I read this for book candy when I'm feeling very sad and I need to pick me up and I need something to entertain me. This definitely is it because it's just an atmosphere that 
It's supposed to be dark and brooding, <laughs> but it's not really. Anyway, so the plot, uh, most of the plot, I'm not going to give you too much spoilers. I mean, let's be honest, you've already read Twilight, you pretty much knows, uh, know what goes on. And it is rather like that. Um, the best bits really were about the other vampires, glimpses into their lives and into their personalities. And I especially love Rose. Um, she comes off as shallow and beautiful and that's fine by me. I really like the fact that she's jealous of Bella because Edward likes Bella and he really should be liking her even though she's not interested in him. It just makes me laugh a little bit. And she's a bit narcissistic and that's okay because she's obviously narcissistic. She's not hiding anything. She's kind of a shallow, a shallow pond to uh, someone's ocean of depth, shall we say. But other than that, I really enjoyed the plot overall. It did, it was a bit slow in a lot of places where I knew exactly what was going on. And I kind of wasn't interested in that. I was interested in all the bits we didn't know about. Like what happened with the hunt? What actually happened when they were dragging James the vampire all the way up to, or rather they were not dragging him, they were chasing him all the way up to Canada and then he got to Bella first in Los Angeles. I really enjoyed seeing how that worked and all the logic of it and now it kind of everything makes more sense where it felt like it was a bit gappy before in Twilight, now Midnight Sun fills that out. So that's really great and I did enjoy that except for the kind of the crunching down on the leg that did make me feel a bit queasy but I probably am a bit weak stomached. I think that's most things I want to mention. I'm just just checking my notes just to make sure that I haven't missed anything. No, I think that's mostly it. I mean, I I did enjoy it. I have to say, overall, I did enjoy it. And it is worth a read, especially if you're going to go down uh, memory lane and you remember Twilight fondly. And it's really cool to see it in a different way. If you are going to read Midnight Sun, I don't suggest reading Twilight first if you haven't read it for a while. Just read Midnight Sun and it will come flooding back to you. And you'll see where I'm coming from where I say don't read Twilight and then Midnight Sun because it just... You get a bit bored, really, because they're just repeating the same things. So if I had to use, I think, five words to describe this, I would go with sparkly, vampire, broody, obsession, and funny. I did find it funny. I really shouldn't... I, 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 know, it's, uh, it's, I know it's someone's creation, but I did find it funny. And I know they're not trying to make it funny, but I just found it the whole thing just funny. Because to me, vampires still are these monsters and they're nice. And here they are, all sparkly and trying to be good people and that's again okay I don't mind that just a bit of fun so let me know if you do actually read this and what you thought of it have you become more team Jacob than you have team Edward I mean I definitely like Jacob way more than I used to now but I can still see where actually Bella and Edward are made for each other totally the way you can see in Edward's head now yeah, it works out perfectly. I, I don't think I want Jacob and Bella to get together ever because Jacob's way better than that, in all honesty. But still, anyway. So I hope you've enjoyed it. it uh, message me at Miss Vicky's Bookcase if you wanted to have a chat about how you felt about Midnight Sun and let me know your opinion of it and how many stars you've given. So I'll see you later and have a great day. Our story together has come to a close. Join me next time for a new adventure. Morpork.
pearl of cities. People really are this like houses not with vast rooms and tiny Libraries rooms. were full of ideas, perhaps the most dangerous and powerful. She delighted in the smell of the ink, the ruffle of the paper. had commented once that Neil had a gift that for making someone want to punch children him. is yeah. not a good children's story. Very weak-minded, refused to be influenced by literature and 